everybody aloha and welcome back to the brick house for another season of bose football final here at khon2.com and anywhere you download podcasts i'm your host rob demello joining me are the bff ogs former rainbow warrior player and coach rich miano former bose offensive lineman rj hollis and fellas it is almost showtime in year one of the timmy chang era season opener for the rainbow warrior football team against vanderbilt is set for saturday August 27th, 4.30 in the afternoon at the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. Not a lot of tickets available for people, so you better hurry up if you haven't gotten them yet. And if you haven't, it's all good. The game will be nationally televised on the CBS Sports Network. So first things first, before we get things rolling here on season number four of BFF, guys, it's been a crazy, crazy time, a crazy offseason here for the University of Hawaii football team. Rich? How's it been, man? How's this summer treated you? How's it been on the outside looking in on this Rainbow Warrior movement? First of all, I like that new moniker or whatever you call it, RJ OOG. Like, because <laughs> I know, I know I'm old. I call him Young Buck, but you know what? He is getting a little wisdom. I see some gray coming on the top of his hair and a little bit on the sideburns. So he is aging gracefully. Um, that being said, Rob, I, I just think. The, you know, the off season is too long. You know, we've been waiting and waiting and that pandemic had me watch more football than I ever have in my life from high school to college to the National Football League. I went out and bought a new coach because I know I'm going to be watching a lot of football. And here it is. Bo's football final is back. So I couldn't be any happier during football season it is to me the pinnacle. It's exciting, man. The brotherhood, excited to see what they are uh, going to bring to the table. And, you know, you got to tip your hat off to this coaching staff and what they've been able to do and the excitement they've been able to bring back into this program. Not too many people can lose as much talent as UH lost last year and still have people on the edge of their seats for Vandy. So I think this coaching staff has done great. I think these players are excited. And, hey, August 27th can't get here fast enough. 4 p.m., I'm going to be locked in. I'm ready to watch. Let me calm down before I get too excited because the show just started. You know, it's funny. It's funny because uh, we've been talking about this for weeks, right? Like, all right, boys, uh, boys football final time. We're going to be hooking up again. We're going to be talking story. We've been getting ready for the season. And and it feels like the football season is approaching. We've been at practice. We've been following the, the growth of this football team. But there's something about powering up right here on BFF that's like, oh, snap, it is here. Like, this is there's no more talking. They're about to go out there and hit the field. And, you know, it's been crazy. We talked about it when Timmy Chang took over this program and they're entering the spring about how different this football team is going to look from the spring to the fall. I know you guys have been around football for a long time. None of you have ever been a part of anything like this. I have seen something like this where, you know, you see a football team grow within those four weeks of practice in spring training camp and you get a sense of like, okay, that's what this team is all about. Oh, this guy, this guy, this guy. Okay. We'll see. But then Spring ended, fall started, and there's like 40 new guys on the team. And of those 40 guys, probably 25 of them are going to see significant playing time here in this season. Have you guys ever experienced anything like this where 
just a complete change of roster, change of philosophy, change of what's what's possible, what's impossible within a football team from the spring to the fall, Rich? No, you're right, Rob. This is like having a new CEO that's introducing new products on offense, a defense, special teams. And you talked about it. Even if Timmy Chang has tremendous success, there's going to be 25 guys leaving in the transfer portal because that's what the days, the times we live in. But 53 new players, I'll guarantee nobody in the country has 53 new players. And I know you did some analytical statistics on losing not only 19 players, but really probably 13, 14, 15, like starting type of players. So this is the newest, freshest, different team in the NCAA. And if you're a bookie and you're betting, they have no idea what Hawaii is going to come out with. I don't think anybody does. So that's why there's so much excitement for Saturday, for August 27th, for the Vandy game against an SEC opponent. That place is going to be rocking and rightfully so, because nobody knows. I don't even think Timmy Chang knows. Yeah. And it's crazy because, I mean, you're looking at over 70% of the production I mean, you're looking at offense you're looking at receptions and touchdowns and tackles I mean just just production statistical production gone from a season ago and you're exactly right Rich I mean I get asked every single day no matter where I go I just went to the movie theater with my my old, two oldest kids on Friday because they had a, a vacation or a holiday for statehood day and standing in line for popcorn, someone taps me on the shoulder and be like, Hey man, Hey, tell me how this UH football team is going to do what they're going to look like against Vanderbilt. And I, and I looked them dead in the eye and I said, I promise you, I have no idea. And anyone who says that they know is full of it because we've only seen this team for about three and a half weeks. It's current stature of what the university of Hawaii football team is. We've only seen them for 15 practices, if that. And so, yeah, RJ, you feel the kind of the same way as far as this is the biggest mystery of a week one football team that you've ever been a part of. Oh, a hundred and ten percent. I mean, you don't even know who the QB one is if you're an insider and we are all very much insiders. And, you know, if anybody got the scoop on what's going on, it would be one of us. And, you know, I have coworkers and people that come up to me in the store, too. Hey, what's going to go on? How's Timmy Chang going to do? And honestly, you don't know. I mean, you say 53 new people and that really doesn't put it into perspective. But the one thing I could say is that when college football teams have to travel, they have 64 guys. So that means there's a potential that your travel roster from last year is upwards of 30 to 40 new guys that you've never seen before. You've never seen them in game day. And not only that, a lot of guys that you bring in for the transfer portal, this is kind of their second opportunity, their second chance. Whoever's named QB1, that would be his first time being named it in his career. So for anybody that thinks, oh, I know what's going to go on. I know what's going to happen. I, I think you're farly mistaken. And, you know, interestingly enough, even with some of the positive pieces we've seen added and some of the guys that we'll get into later coming on the field and you could see him and go oh man that's a guy we've never seen these guys in game time so even watching them in practice that doesn't give us the full idea of what they're going to do and we won't know until august 27th yeah and speaking of that quarterback situation that you're talking about it i think it's safe to say that all signs are pointing towards Braden shager the 
somewhat returning quarterback. He was the the returning quarterback in spring with the departure of Chevin Cordero, of course. But then there's also Joey Yellen, Jake Farrell, and Cameron Cooper in that mix. And they have all been getting tons of reps. Part of that strategically by how Timmy Chang and his staff have been able to do things in the beginning of training camp where they split the team up. That's something we've never seen before. And clearly it gave the team a lot more reps. Not, not a lot of guys standing around waiting for their turn. Um, everyone was getting in their opportunity to get on the field, get active reps for this UH football team. So we shall see what happens there. Now, one thing that we want to make clear here on this first episode of Bo's Football Final is that, you know, anyone who's listening to this, you're a UH football fan. If you stumbled across this, it's not like you've never heard of UH football before and you're just going through Spotify, right? So this is different than like the newscast that I do and the sportscast within the news that I do where you have to assume that people watching have no idea what you're talking about and this is the first time that they're ever hearing it. And so you kind of have to present things in a different way. Here on Bose Football Final, if you're listening to this, you are familiar with what happened. The end of the Todd Graham era with his resignation, the uprising of a fan base and, and roster and alumni, uh, which led to the hiring of Timmy Chang uh, becoming the, the head coach of the University of Hawaii football team. As we talked about, the major roster change here uh, with 53 new players. So we're not going to go over every step along the way. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole because uh, we could spend the next 12 hours talking about UH football and how we got to this point. So let's just jump right into it. Let's talk about this season and heading into the 2022 season. Rich Miano mentioned Vegas already, but our friends on the Ninth Island, aka the odds makers in Las Vegas, they placed the University of Hawaii football team's win total at four and a half. So if you happen to be kicking it around a California hotel over the next week or so, um, and you put in a bet on the over, UH must win five victories to make you a winner. So essentially, that's five W's and a green agent top of trim. So today, that's how we're going to talk about this University of Hawaii football team. We're going to use that same formula to set the tone here on season four of BFF. Five W's and one H. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Now, for background, the five W's and H are questions whose answers are considered basic information gathering. So this is journalism 101. They constitute a formula getting the complete story on a subject. And so heading into the 2022 season, one with without exaggeration might be the most interesting in Hawaii football history. Let's take a crack at this. Five W's and an H. And we will start with who. So Rich Miano, who on the University of Hawaii football roster, that's player, that's coach, that's anyone that's listed on the roster. It could be the director of player development, our guy, Jeff Reinbold. It could be uh, intern Samson Angwai on the coaching staff. Who on the UH football roster do you consider the most intriguing watch heading into this season? Braden Shager. And I'm, I'm going to consider he is going to be the quarterback one, how long that will last depending on his success and uh, how short that leash is, because I think there is some good competition. I mean, I go all the way down to Connor Apo, who I think is going to be a heck of a quarterback in a year or two. And uh, who knows who's uh, going to be that number two guy. And if, you know, you always need a great backup, but that being said, you know, when I looked at Shager last year and it was kind of one of those deals where he made a couple throws, he, he had a couple abilities to escape pressure and, and did some things like that. And so physically you started to kind of make a, 
you know, a model of, is this guy good enough to win for the University of Hawaii? Because to me, it's the most important position in all of sports. And I think it has to do more with winning football games than anybody else. Obviously, he's the quarterback. So they've got to find that guy because they've lost the great one in Chevin Cordero. And so if this is that guy, to me, physically, he's better than I thought he was as I watched him mature through spring and as well as this fall camp. He's got a little more spin on the ball than I thought he had. He has a little more athleticism than I thought he had. And I think he has a better command of this offense being here in spring and also obviously the fall and starting a couple games last year. All of those things being said, Rob, it's leadership. It's the ability to get that huddle, you know, motivated and those guys to play and to be the hardest working guy in the room, to spend the most time in the film room, to be out to practice the earliest, to be the He's got to be that guy, the face of the program. And really right now, nobody's stepping up. And it's hard to step up, Rob, when you're not sure if not only are you that guy, if you haven't had great success to be a great leader. So all that stuff has to kind of mature, has to resonate, has to, uh, just come together for this team to get to those five win, five plus wins. And Rich Miano, no stranger to the quarterback playing such an important role on a football team and especially being a leader at that. When you look at in your coaching career, your time at the University of Hawaii as an assistant coach and as a coordinator and as associate head coach, two Western Athletic Conference titles, 2007, the leader, the face of that program, Colt Brennan 15 years ago, the late great. And then you look at 2010 and that final conference title run of this program, Brian Moniz just emerging in the locker room and on the football field as an absolute bona fide stud and probably one of the most underappreciated players in University of Hawaii football history as far as how good he was in that 2010 season. All right, RJ, for you, when you look at who is the most intriguing on this roster? Is it a player? Is it a position group? Is it players? What are you looking at? Uh, I mean, I could put it to a position group, but, you know, kind of just to piggyback off of what Rich was talking about, because he's talking about the importance of the quarterback, I'm going to go of the importance of getting after the quarterback. I'm going to pick Mateo Soli out of Arkansas and realistically the entire defensive line, but specifically when you got a guy coming from SEC facing those type of tackles, offensive tackles regularly, having that sort of experience going up against, you know, the Bamas, the Georgias, the LSU, so on and so forth. I think it's going to be very intriguing to see what happens when he comes down and plays in the Mountain West. More importantly, last year you lost Corey Bethley and Darius Moussau, who were your two leading sack men from positions of linebacker and safety. Now you have a true DN. Maybe sometimes you put him at outside linebacker that is brought into pass rush. And when you face some of the quarterbacks that you're going to face this year, you're going to have some talented guys, including one of your own in Chevin Cordero. The entire defensive line is going to be put up to the task of getting after these quarterbacks. But you went and got a player like Matteo Soli specifically for that reason. And for me, I think that's going to be absolutely huge for this defense. You've got some good defensive backs. We'll get into that a little bit more later. But at the same time, getting after the quarterback in this day and age of football is absolutely paramount. And I feel like a guy like Matteo Soli, I'm going to have a circle around him almost every play just to see how much pressure he can give these offensive tackles and opposing quarterbacks. 
Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that when you look at this University of Hawaii football team, there's a lot of conversation about, okay, who are the guys that have left the program? You got to replace Shevin Cordero, quarterback. You got to replace an outside receiver in Nick Mardner. You got to replace Darius Muasau at linebacker and Jonah Laulu at defensive end and Corey Bethley at nickel and safety position. I mean, these are those five guys would have probably been captains on this University of Hawaii football team. And that's your five captains for 2022. And they're all in different programs right now. And so there's a lot of conversation as there should be about how do you recover from something like that? But what I will say is that when you look at, okay, what position groups have improved the most, I don't think it's without a doubt is defensive line. When you look at Soli, when you look at JT, uh, when you look at Blessman Ta'ala at that defensive tackle position and on the other side, Jonah Kahahavai Welch, who and then first off the bench is going to be Tariq Smith, who is an absolute stud coming out of high school in the New Orleans area, a top 25 recruit out of New Orleans that if he was maybe just an inch taller than his six foot one frame uh, gives that he'd probably be playing in the SEC. So I think that is going to be the position that opens the most eyes. And so then it becomes a conversation of like, okay, you maybe your, your linebacking core isn't as good as last year because you're missing the best player of your linebacking core, but you do have Panay Pavihi, you do have Isaiah Tufanga. And so now the balance of power, now that your defensive line is stronger though, though does that help that your linebacking core is missing a Darius Musa? Does that make up? for that linebacking position not being at as full strength as possible when you have severely improved your defensive line play. And so there's going to be a lot of questions in regards to that when you look at the cornerback position and several of the other uh, uh, unit groups that have grown. So it will be very interesting to see, but definitely I- I'm with you guys. Braden Shager at the quarterback position, Matteo Soli at the defensive line position and defensive end be specific. Those are going to be very vital positions here for the University of Hawaii football team, which makes them incredibly intriguing heading into the 2022 season. All right. Question number two, the what, what has been the biggest change, good, bad, or ugly from last season to this season? When you look at the rainbow warriors, we're going to start with you, RJ. Uh, I'm going to have to go to the, and it might be, you know, cliche or whatever, but I'm going to have to go to the brotherhood, to the sisterhood and more so than having it, the buy-in of it. I've been out there to the practices. I've talked to these players personally. I've talked to the coaching staff personally. There is a true belief in what Timmy Chang is doing off the field as well, just as much as on the field. There is an absolute belief from these players and this coaching staff that if they follow this brotherhood mantra, if they get these players to believe in them and to kind of get a cohesive locker room, because right now that's going to be one of their biggest challenges. They went out and got more pieces than we can name in a straight list. There is some absolute talent out there, but I think being a cohesive unit, being a team, getting on those buses and getting on those airports together and just knowing, Hey, We are fighting for the University of Hawaii. People doubt us. People don't think we're good. We got a four and a half win total projected for this year with as much talent as we got. I think the buy-in of that brotherhood and the assistance of even the sisterhood, which I think is absolutely awesome when you start putting wives and putting women into it who support these players. They may not play. They may not have played, but you are giving yourself an entire support group that is being bought into. And I think 
that is probably one of the biggest differences in this year is just when you go up and you talk to some of these players and these coaching staffs and you start talking about the brotherhood, you know, normally some people would shake off a team moniker or a team hashtag, but it, it's real deal to these guys. And I think that's probably one of the biggest turnarounds is just that, you know, they are out with something to prove. All of these guys, coaches and players both are out for something to prove. And I think they are almost all buying into the brotherhood, you know, identity that this team is going to have coming into this next season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about it heading into uh, Timmy Chang's first spring as the head coach where, hey, wins and losses, uh, when this is all said and done in this first season, probably the most significant wins aren't going to come on the football field. Like, it's not even going to be the most important W of the year was against this team on this day. It's more so the offseason. Could you win the offseason? And and win people back into supporting a program that, let's face it, you know, when it comes to the, the frustration and the vitriol and everything that was surrounding this program through the closing of Loja Stadium, through the pandemic where people couldn't go and watch them play, to being the last football team in America to have fans in your home stadium to watch you play, to the frustrations and the concerns of player mistreatment uh, being thrown out by players, parents, supporters of this team, you you can imagine that this University of Hawaii football team was at a probably an all-time low as far as interest goes, as far as heart goes, as far as people wanting to put their earned money and their time, their very valuable time into a program. And could Timmy Chang win the offseason? And I think without a doubt, before a game is played, this coaching staff, this athletic department, this roster, they won the offseason for sure. So, RJ, I'm with you big time on that. Rich Miano, from your eyes, what has been the biggest change about this football team? Yeah, I'm going to echo what RJ had to say. I, I thought uh, very well said. Timmy Chang and the staff, that's the biggest thing, right? So when you talk about them, you talk about coaches that actually like each other that work well together. And I'm going to even go a little deeper in that. Like you look at the defensive staff, Jacob Euro, right? So then you go like Etienne and you go uh, Josh Brown. Those guys have all worked together. They've all coordinated. They've worked well together. And Abraham Elamanian has been a coordinator before and has been around this program longer than anybody, so to speak. And he's a good coach. And then Chris Brown brings that enthusiasm, right? So I was thinking, Maybe the staff doesn't have the age experience because they got all the diversity. They got the former players. They got the play, uh, their player coaches. And then they bring in Jeff Reinbold, who's been around at many different programs, 65 years old, and he's doing a nice job. So it's becoming a complete staff. And so RJ mentioned the buy-in from the players and the coaches believing in one another. And I think that's so important. And Robin, then you touched on winning this offseason because that's all you can win right now. So they're winning in the offseason because I talked to some big time financial guys and they think Timmy's done a wonderful job. I talked to alumni and we've had some alumni events, or whatever else, and the alumni is excited. You know, RJ mentioned the brotherhood, the sisterhood, and that's all coming together nicely and stuff. But they've won the offseason. Now, the fans are excited about this program. So I think the biggest change and it had to happen, and you mentioned, Rob, some of the uh, stuff that went on during this past staff and, and, you know, the last couple of years, I just think guys are excited to play football. And if they're disciplined and there's not a lot of mistakes when they turn that film on, 
they're going to be more successful than people have given them credit for. But then it's going to be this next off season. It's going to build a foundation because most of these coaches and all of these players, I think for, for the most part are here for the right reasons. This is a foundation being built and you got to start with the concrete slab. Yep. And, you know, moving on to our questions here, we're going to go to when, and, and this one's interesting. I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. When will we have a clear understanding of what this UH football team is all about? And so what I mean by that is when will we know this is the team? This is what we got, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, right? When do you think that will happen? It, has it happened already? Will it happen in game one against Vanderbilt? Will it happen in the opening kickoff and just seeing how these guys play on the first play of the season you understand what this team is all about will it come later in the season or is it one of those things where it's not going to come until the final whistle is blown of 2022 when will we have an understanding of what we have here with this university of hawaii football team in 2022 rich yeah, I think that's going to not be the first game, Rob. And they say that most improvement you'll see in a football team is from week one to week two, because these guys, as we mentioned, there's 53 of them haven't played underneath the lights. But I think it's going to go deep into this season. And I'm talking fundamentals. I'm talking blocking, tackling. I'm talking about passion. I'm talking about doing the right thing, discipline, you know, playing for each other. All those things we talked about, we're not going to know that because this is a new coaching staff for three new coordinators and, and three different philosophies. This is 53 new players. And as RJ mentioned, they may go on the road with, you know, 40 out of the 64 or whatever that number is. I mean, you're talking almost 70, 80% of new players, but as this team builds and as this fan base hopefully stays with them, are they passionate? Are they playing that hard nosed defense that, People in Hawaii, you know, that blue collar toughness, gang tackling. Are they completing balls? And, you know, everybody expects some type of, you know, aerial assault, but the running game, blocking the right guys, not turning the ball over, not having penalties and mistakes. That's going to take a long time to kind of marinate. But by the end of this football season, that's when I think you're going to see, wow, Timmy Chang put together a really good staff. Wow, they've recruited some guys and there's some young guys that we don't even we haven't we're not even going to talk about Bo's football final, maybe for three or four weeks that are going to end up being big contributors. There's a lot of talent that's young on this team, some young receivers, young running backs, young defensive ends, whatever else. So it's going to take a while for us to determine where this football program is going. But we talked about they won the offseason. Now they just have to win this fan base over and the fans need to be patient because. All you can do is line up and, and, and do your assignment, the alignment, stance, technique, execution, finish the play, and then they're going to get some wins, and then it's going to be fun to watch. You know, it's, inter it's interesting. Rich Miano has the long game of this. Is We're going to learn this as the product continues to develop. And so, RJ, when you think back to your experience and you were on some teams that struggled, you're on a very successful 2016 team that that changed the tide, right, and, and went to a bowl game for the first time since 2010. And so with those teams, did you know what you had heading in? Did you know, I mean, in some of those scenarios that I laid out earlier, I mean, the opening kickoff, just how the guys react on the sideline, how the guys are going after it on the kickoff. Was it something that you knew? And maybe you, maybe you had to lie to yourself a little bit and you didn't want to believe it, but you knew exactly what you had. And then on the, the other end in 2016, did you know already early 
by the time camp broke, by the time you guys walked out of the locker room, what you guys were about to do that year, or are you along the lines of Rich where it's like, dude, we have no idea until we know. Uh, I think I think for me, especially because I was in the locker room, I knew a lot faster. I knew at even the one in three, you know, point that we were in, the only team at that point that we had beat was Tennessee Martin. I, I knew there was going to be something special. I could just feel it. You could feel it in the locker room. You could feel it in just the atmosphere. I remember when we went to the big house to play Michigan and we ended up crossing team paths, you know, where you just have the little chirping and all that. And I'm in the front. So obviously I'm chirping, you know, I, I ain't scared of nobody. I'm not worried You're about chirping. It. No, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was talking and you know, we knew what the game was going to be. Make no mistake about it. Nobody out there was thinking, Hey, we're going to actually beat Michigan. But when you look at, you know, just the, the authenticity of the frustration that the players behind me had, when you looked at the cohesiveness of how I was out in front, but when the players approached me, there was white jerseys to my side within seconds. So if anything would have went down, my guys were already with me. And I knew with that type of mentality, that type of group think, we were going to do something special. And, you know, it was. I talk about that season all the time because, you know, we won six games in the regular season, but it wasn't just the games that were won. It was how they were won. A double overtime at Air Force that wasn't supposed to happen. A Fresno field goal block that wasn't supposed to happen. An out route by Keelan Evalico that puts us up on our leave a FCS opponent, if not just a lowly ranked D1 opponent in Louisiana Monroe. So it wasn't like we just went out there and dominated everybody. But once you got that group thing, once you got that mentality, we had of pride rock. That's what it was back then. I think we figured out a lot faster. There was something that could be done. And, you know, we, we went out there and we did it. So I think that, you know, from within the locker room, you'll probably be able to figure out a lot faster what you have than somebody that's on the outside looking in. Well, if uh, you may have forgotten by now, it's game week. It, it's the University of Hawaii against Vanderbilt on August 27th at the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. This season, only 9,000 fans uh, are going to be able to cram themselves into the lower campus uh, facility. And But we've already been hearing a conversation. The, recently, the Board of Regents approved growth of that stadium where they're going to go up to about 17,000. They're going to bring in a giant scoreboard from Aloha stadium a lot. They're going to close in some of the gaps and they're moving the track to uh, the current practice site. And so uh, a lot of good things happening here for the university of Hawaii football program and really the program at whole. When you look at growth on lower campus, I was talking about it with Kanoa Leahy the other day where I was saying, you know, it's funny. It's, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I, I want to say this is my 20th training camp that I covered for the University of Hawaii football team because I started working full-time in 2002. And what's nuts is that I could take interviews from 2002, and it was probably interviewing Chris Brown and Abraham Elamimi and who are now on the UH football coaching staff. And the backdrop looks exactly the same. It's the blue shed behind them as they're talking. I mean, 20 years later, right? And I mean, you look at the practice field, you look at the dorms behind it. I mean, not much has changed. And, you know, whether no matter who you are, you can't have a backdrop not change in 20 years, especially in collegiate athletics, and, and that'd be a good thing. That's not a good thing. You need growth. And so at the very least, this is growth for the program and, and adding something new and something exciting for fans to say like, hey, I want to check this out. This is different. And so uh, definitely a good thing. Uh, moving on now to our BFF questions to start the season, set the tone here for the 2022 Rainbow Warrior football campaign and we're going to go to where and uh 
didn't realize it at the time, but I kind of already talked about how I felt about this. But now let's talk to you guys about this. Where on the UH depth chart do you feel has Hawaii improved the most from their 2021 team? So where on the depth chart has UH improved the most here entering 2022? Rich? Yeah, I'm going to go with the offensive line. And, and RJ may question that, and, and, and I welcome that. But because I thought last year that offensive line with all the starts and all the returners was going to just ball out. I thought they started slow. I thought they played pretty average below their potential. And, and I think they finished stronger like the team did in general. But I think with Roman Sapolo as the new offensive line coach, I think moving Austin Hop out to the tackle position and, and more importantly, moving Micah uh, Vanderpool inside, that gives them a little bit more length on the edges. And, and I'm a big fan of Il Manning and also Solo Vipulu. And I think that if they can gel and we can get that running game going, because obviously Dedrick Parsons is a good running back, they're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to play action pass. And more importantly, without Chevron Cordero creating plays, they're going to have to protect. So that offensive line, I think, has physically improved. I think they're better coached. I think they'll start faster. And that's going to be the key. You know, RJ talked about that D line and how important that was. And it is rushing the passer is the most important thing we, we do on defense, but protecting the quarterback, running the football. I give a, I, I got to give a lot of respect to that offensive line. And, and I like what Roman Sapolo is working with. I like what he's doing. I think they like him. And I think that offensive line is the key to success this season. As the resident offensive lineman, R.J. Hollis, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, talk a little bit about what Rich just said and if you're in agreement or disagreement, and then you can provide to us the depth chart question as far as where on the depth chart has the UH football team most improved. Uh, it's it's actually fun. We've been doing this so long. You know, we've been working together. It is camaraderie's natural because I, I have my answers already put together and it's so funny that the former defensive back picked <laughs> offensive lineman whom I agree with the offensive line has improved very much they got a lot of beef up front they got a lot of length which is very hard to get behind for opposing defensive linemen and more importantly and oddly enough the group I picked was the defensive backs for most Ooh. improved on the depth chart so crazy that we just have like this yin yang thing already going week one but if you break it down i mean not only do you have to count the improvement from who you brought in but i also count it from who you lost because yes you lose cam lockridge you lose Corey bethley to transfer portal you lose kai kanashiro to medical retirement but then you also lost cortez davis who was the leading he led the conference and was top in the country and pass breakups. So you have a lot of defensive backs going. That's one thing. But then you bring in guys like Verdell Edwards, who wears a silk uh, do-rag to practice, and he's 6'3". You bring in guys like JoJo Forrest, who every coach I've talked to about him is absolutely foaming at the mouth. The other day I was talking to uh, one of our old co-workers, Nady Lawa, about Kaolana Makala and how he was one of the DBs that had to be stuck on Drake London because he was one of the few that was the athletic enough. Not only that, the most important part is that Coach Abraham Elamimian is now back to his normal position of coaching DBs after going to the running backs last year. So I think when you bring in all this talent, one, when you lose all the talent, 
but you replace it. And then you bring back a guru like Coach Abel Amemian, who's been making defensive backs better since Naquan Phillips and Nick Nelson. I think it's going to be very hard to uh, throw on that defensive back group. 100% in agreement with Rich. That offensive line has got beef. It's got experience. But I think what's been done with that defensive back group, especially to be as depleted as they were last year, I think the improvement from them has been almost night and day since before spring ball. Yeah, the track record of Abraham Elamimian is quite remarkable. Going back to his early days of coaching in the Norm Chow era here at the University of Hawaii and sending players into the National Football League, Nick Nelson being one of them, like you just talked about, and really getting the most out of his football players. And then you look at the one year that he gets moved to running back, you can make the argument that the running back position was the strongest on the football team last year with Diedrich Parson and Day-Day Hunter. If you want to throw Calvin Turner in that mix, the growth of Jordan Johnson uh, and Bryant in, in the uh, on the bottom part of the depth chart through training camp and, and everything that they were able to accomplish from last season and then now what they are predicted to uh, contribute here this season. Abraham Elhamimian is, is just doing Abe's doing what Abe does, the ultimate warrior, right? As far as what he's been able to do for this warrior program. All right. So we're going to move to why. All right. And so this one's interesting because you could disagree. And so for you, your answer might be why not? But why is it important for the Rainbow Warriors to exceed expectations in 2022? And I the main reason why it's exceed expectations is because we already heard it. Las Vegas thinks four and a half wins is the projected win total for this University of Hawaii football team, right? Um, you talk to a lot of people. They understand that the amount of roster turnover there has been, and that is a very hard thing to come uh, and, and, and grow over, right? Timmy Chang, a first-time head coach, you, and Rich Miano talked earlier about the inexperience as a whole as the uh, from the coaching staff and so there's a lot of reasons why people think that the expectations and the bar should be set low on this season and that the most important part is what we talked about is winning the offseason winning the fans back and, and and creating a culture here at the University of Hawaii and so that's what this question is all about and I'll start with you Rich why is it important for the Rainbow Warriors to exceed expectations in 2022? Rob, I'm going to throw out some uh, terms, words, fan base, the belief, stadium being built, uh, recruiting need to continue to replenish that staff, uh, that, that, excuse me, that, 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 that roster that has left to, to hope sometimes greener pastures, sometimes not money in terms of raising money, whether that's from the legislature, whether that's from corporations, whether that's from individuals, foundations, et cetera, pride alumni, credibility for Timmy Chang and this coaching staff, because this is a first-time head coach, and there's some young coaches on this staff, whatever else, that are good coaches. All of those things are going to be so important that this product, again, doesn't have to win 10 or 11 games or win a Mountain West Conference Championship, but they got to be disciplined. They got to be fundamentally sound. They got to play for each other. They got to love one another. They got to believe in one another, and it's got to be a good product on the field, and if all those things happen, we're going to see a resurgence in Hawaii football. Pay-per-view buys probably are down. Season ticket base has dissipated in the past. We need all of those things to come back because this is the program that leads this state. When it's winning, there's just a good feeling, a good aura, a good mana about Hawaii. RJ Hollis, why is it important for the University of Hawaii to exceed expectations in 2022? I mean, almost everything that Rich said, you know, not to – 
piggyback off too much, but a lot of what he said about the Board of Regents approving a new stadium. You got 17,000 people that are planning on putting in there. That's not going to necessarily be a good thing if you come out and, you know, wet the bed for your first season. And that's also another thing is that it's your first season, your inaugural season. When Rolo came in, his first season, he won six games. Second season was not that great. I think they only won two games or something and then had a lot of people transfer after three games. Won three games and then had a lot of people transfer after. But the players that stayed had that belief that there was something special that they could do and the next two seasons they would prove that winning 18 games and going to the Mountain West Championship. So I think more so than what you got to show to people to the outside, you have to have the players that you brought here believe even if the games don't necessarily go the way that we do, I get the ideology and I see how following what Chimmy Chang is saying could get us to where we need to be. And then the most important thing for me of why you need to exceed expectations this year is really for this senior class. They have had a tumultuous career. They're on their third head coach. They've seen drama and they've stuck out pretty much through it all. For most of the seniors, the ones that I'm talking about that have been around since the Rolo era, the, the Il Mannings, the Michael Vanterpools, the Panepa Vihis, and so on. These guys have been through so much and they're still here. After last season where a lot of them could have left, Ilm could have left, Panay could have left, Isaiah could have left. These are guys that all could have left, but they stuck here. And I think even though it's an inaugural season for Timmy Chang and the Brotherhood, this is the final season for a lot of these players that through hell and high water stuck with your program. And now they're going to lead your team out for your first season. So I think that to me would be the biggest reason you want to exceed expectation, not just necessarily to let everybody know what the brotherhood is going to be and what Timmy Chang is as a head coach, but to pay the respect and homage to the guys that came before you and what they had to go through sending them out on a high note, I think is the absolute biggest reason you should try your best to exceed expectations this year. Yeah, and this University of Hawaii football team going to have the chance on August 27th against Vanderbilt to see where they are, to see what this Rainbow Warrior football team is all about and, and begin taking those first steps to hopefully exceed expectations here in the first season under head coach Timmy Chang. All right, we've gotten to the how now. So how will the University of Hawaii football team get it done? You know, it, it, just like uh, with, uh, you know, a, a combat fight, a boxing match or a UFC match. We just saw on Saturday night, Kamaru Usman, who was the pound for pound number one fighter in the world, get stunned by Leon Edwards after, you know, dominating a fight for four rounds and and four minutes and 50 seconds of that fifth round and then got caught with a head kick. And Leon Edwards is a new champ. Now there has to be a path to victory for Edwards. It was that high kick. It was forcing him to dip hard right and be able to connect on that left kick and 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 all the, the rest is history now. One of the great upsets in the UFC history. And so the University of Hawaii football team is faced with something similar. How do they get it done? There needs to be a path to a winning season despite all odds. So I'm going to start with you, Rich. How will the University of Hawaii football team and its coaching staff, players, get this done? I'm going to start with work ethic, and that's for the coaches and the players. you got to work. I mean, this staff is putting in a new offense, a new defense, special teams. They're teaching new techniques, alignments and assignments. These players got to watch more film, get up to speed, get more reps, you know, be efficient at practice. This all sounds like coaching cliche, and obviously I have a coaching background, but they, they also, I, I think, really special teams has to be special. We watched last year. 
muffed punts, muffed kickoffs, turnovers, all those type of things. The special teams, they weren't special. We, we got to watch a defense that, you know, the, the crowd wants to show up early and often and cheer on goal line stances and short yardage situation, take the football away, tackle, get people to the ball. We got to watch an offense execute, whatever else. The path is going to be through, Rob, a team that's going to make all of Hawaii proud. And there's no such thing as a perfect football game. There's no such thing as perfect execution. There are going to be mistakes, but they're going to make them at full speed. They're going to make them, you know, where, where they're trying to do the right thing. They're in the right gaps, gap integrity. These guys are assignment, you know, uh, an alignment type of uh, error-free type of uh, performances. They're going to be like Kamaru Usman, as you mentioned. They may have to win the games late, Rob, like in 2007 when those games came down to the fourth quarter against some teams that weren't great teams. But the reason why that team was 12-0 and 0, is because they believed in each other, they believed in the coaching staff, and they won the close games at the end. They're going to be a lot of close games this year. Can they close it out like Kamaru Usman? They were, he was down on every card. He lost maybe every round. But you know what? You still got that fighter's chance at the end to knock the opponent out. Yeah, and Leon Edwards did that on Saturday night. R.J. Hollis, is this University of Hawaii football team, do they have some Leon Edwards in them? Uh, and that's that's yet to be determined, but I mean, it's almost like Rich was looking at my phone because my answers are almost identical to him on what needs to be done. And, you know, we both actually alluded to it, him in the 2007 season and me earlier talking about my 2016 season. And really one of my biggest, you know, things that they need to do is win what I call the coin toss games. And what I uh, classify as a coin toss game is any game that's within one possession in the fourth quarter. So if you're up or down or within one touchdown within four quarters, you have the chance to win this game. So that means execution and all of that. If it's perfect, you're going to win those games. And those games at the end of the year are going to determine bowl eligibility, are going to determine where you stand in the Mountain West Conference, but more importantly, how you recruit going forward. How does the support is going forward? What are the boosters going to do going forward? And at the end of the day, especially for a fan, and even for me as an analyst, like I always say, the only thing that matters is if you got the Samuel L or if you got the George W. And there's going to be some dogfight games. I mean, even when you look at the first five games, when you have Vanderbilt, Western Kentucky, Duquesne, and New Mexico State, all winnable games. But once you get into the game, once you get into strategizing, once you get to the point where we might get down and we have to mentally pull ourselves out of this hole, well, then that's going to determine what's going to happen for your season. Because I think there's going to be quite a few games that will be close, that will be back and forth. And if UH doesn't do what they need to do mentally, strategically, and on the field to win those games, I think that can drastically change the season because wins and losses, that's the only thing that show up in the in the you know, end of the year results. Your stats don't matter. How many times you sack the quarterback doesn't matter. How great your play calls was doesn't matter. If you win, that is what you wanted to do. And I think they're going to have quite a few games this year that are going to fall in that coin toss category of if we make no mistakes, if we cause no penalties, and we go out and we execute our game plan to the T, we should win a lot more of those coin toss games than we lose. And I think in the end of the season when the win-loss record reflects what you did in those coin toss games, you'd be very happy with yourself if you did everything you needed to do when it was close. You got the Michigan. 
I don't think anybody's going to the big house expecting to get a W. But at the same time, when you have Duquesne, when you have Vanderbilt, Western Kentucky, and you get into the Mount West Conference, which we all know year for year is probably one of the most competitive conferences in all of college football, you'll see a team like San Jose State go from two wins to the Mount West Championship in a span of two years. So I think when you look at that, that's going to be the biggest you know how they get there. They got to make sure when those games are close, when it's in our control or we have an opportunity to win, we go out there and we do it by any means necessary. And and the time has come. We're, we're excited. And before I uh, say aloha to you guys and, and the next time that we will talk will be when things are all said and done as far as that week one matchup against Vanderbilt. I want to give you an opportunity uh, to, to just explain to us how special of a time this is right now. And I think that for me personally, I think a lot of people who took a lot of things for granted when it comes to University of Hawaii football, you know, it's like my my father growing up uh, and sitting next to the same people every year. And, and, you know, for me growing up and, and having aunties and uncles just at UH football games, right? I didn't see them any other time, but I had these aunties and uncles at UH football games that would sit around us and they watched me grow up and I watched their kids grow up and, and all these things that we took for granted that just, Hey, it's another year. It's another UH football season. We're going to see these people. And, and now that's completely different because uh, people never got a chance to say goodbye, even to the people they sat next to at Aloha stadium, right? Because uh, at the end of the season, uh, you moved to the Connors T.C. Ching Athletics Complex, uh, or excuse me, at the end of the season, there was uh, a season at Aloha Stadium with no fans. And then the UH moved to the Connors T.C. Ching Athletics Complex and fans weren't allowed for the most part. And so uh, some people have lost touch. And so there are just little things like that, little sub stories as far as uh, of being, you know, taking University of Hawaii football and, and the experience for granted. And so, Rich, when you look at everything that went down, when you look at this new head coach in Timmy Chang, new roster, new moniker and brotherhood and everything that comes with it, what are you most excited about? What makes this week one matchup special? Uh, I, I'm looking at it like a historian in terms of what makes this program special. And what makes this program special is having a guy who's the head guy that bleeds green. A guy doesn't necessarily mean you have to been born and raised here, Dick Tomey. Bob Wagner, but love Hawaii. We know we coached Timmy Chang. We recruited Timmy Chang. We watched him mature in terms of his coaching ability on the mainland and as he put together this staff. So, you know, there has been so much bad, as you mentioned, in, in not just in, you know, in society in terms of COVID and what it's done to college athletics uh, in the University of Hawaii and what happened in this last coaching staff. And it just, it just, it's here. Timmy's here. Uh, Jacob Euro's here. Abraham Elamimi is here. Chris Brown is here. You know, Jeff Reinbold is back. There's something to be said about a program that's led by people that are just doing more than collecting a check. They absolutely have passion and have an understanding of this community and this culture. So that's what makes it exciting for me. If you look at the win-loss record, You'll see, and I, and I throw Norm Chow out of this as a Malahini because he's been on the mainland so long, so I don't include him. But the success of this program usually boils down to the love of this program, the love of this culture, the understanding of its people. And I think we have embodied that with this staff, whatever else. And, and I'm super excited about seeing this brotherhood and seeing these guys 
play hard and play together, believing in one another, because it's been fractured, so to speak, the last two years. And to me, to see this come together with the alumni, the community, the fans, the, you know, coming back to UH football, I just think it's an exciting time for all of us. RJ, you are a guy who never ceases to amaze us as far as how you run through walls uh, you, and you can get others to run through walls when you're talking about University of Hawaii football. But what is it about this week that has you like the Kool-Aid man? Uh, it's, it's game week more, more than anything. And, you know, when he was first hired, I, I, I said it, you know, kind of had a little video on our segment where I said, hey, you're, you're Timmy Chang. You're the record setting quarterback from the university that you're now coaching. Your, your middle name is Kaili Okaina. You are this state. And the one thing that everybody knows about the state of Hawaii is that when one of their own can go out there and get it done, it means just that much more. When you have a homegrown kid who turned down heavy Pac-10 offers, because back then it was Pac-10, to become the quarterback that would break records, goes on a coaching kind of excursion for almost a decade, then comes back to your home island to be the head coach of the same team you set records for, I think this is almost a full circle story that can write itself. And if I'm Timmy Chang, I mean, I probably wake up every day this week with tears in my eyes, just knowing I have the opportunity to have it come full circle. If I'm playing for Timmy Chang and he explains this to me a lot like what Rolo did explaining what he used to do at UH. As a player, I would wake up every day with tears in my eyes, which I did in Australia my first week, my senior year, ready to, like you said, Rob, run through a wall. And I don't care if it's brick, concrete, styrofoam, whatever, I'm ready to go. And I think that we have a a just culmination of negativity that's had to be overcome with the opportunity of Timmy Chang now making it back full circle and being able to do something special. I feel like if Timmy Chang is able to take over this program, get the support that he needs and do what it is in his mind he wants to do, I think in a couple of years, we could be looking at a totally different program. And you could also be looking at a lot more alum that like to be like RJ Hollis. And every time they get to talk about Hawaii, every time they get to be involved with Hawaii at a practice, helping youth clinics, or just talking to their big brothers in the brick house and they OG whenever he bring them to a camp. Hey, I say we saving lives. We changing the trajectory of a program. And you got a guy at the helmet, Timmy Chang, whom is a local born bred athlete from the islands and if he can lead this team back to that era of prominence it's gonna be a lot more people running through brick walls and i'm not gonna have to say nothing to him awesome stuff man well the university of hawaii football team will have their opportunity to run through a brick wall on saturday 4 30 at the clarence tc ching athletics complex they will be taking on vanderbilt of the sec and that game will be televised nationally on the cbs sports network so the very first steps of this program behind timmy chang will be making those strides in front of a nationally televised audience and as everybody understands that is a very significant opportunity for the rainbow warriors well this was the season premiere of Bo's Football Final, which means every Monday moving forward, we will have a BFF episode for you guys. We will be talking about what happened on Saturday, Vanderbilt against Hawaii 
on Lower Campus. And moving forward, every Monday at 8.08 a.m., it will be published on the KHON2.com website. Uh, it will go to anywhere you download podcasts, Spotify, Apple, you name it. You can find BFF there. And we look forward to catching up with you guys every week. The Bose Mailbox, Bose Football Final Mailbox will be open here very shortly after the game is over. And you can send in your questions, your comments, and we can hear Rich and RJ and what they have to say about your questions, what they have to say about the game. It's BFF time. The season's underway, boys. Here we go. We'll catch you next time on Bo's Football Final. Aloha.